Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week are David and Spencer to discuss Robbie Nielsen's return to Tincastle, our search for a sporting director, potentially playing championship football next season, and talk about the goalkeeping situation at the club. So, what a week. How, how are we this week, guys? Very well, Ross. Very well, yourself? Yeah, doing okay. Getting, getting by, getting used to all this um, remote podcasting, remote working, etc. Looking no. looking forward to when I can actually get out and get a pint. No. Yeah. So we'll we'll start with the, the big the big news of the week. Um we're gonna get a new goalie. Um No. Um Robin Nielsen's returned as manager. Quite a surprise on Sunday. Um I I'll be honest with you. I called I called this a few weeks ago in in a, in a private conversation, and um, basically, what well, I, I did actually. Gordon, it's crystal ball, is it? Well, no, because I could, you, the writing was on the wall. You could just see something like this happening. I think re- realistically, of all the domestic candidates that were out there, you know Nielsen's probably the the best fit because he knows the club and he's got a reasonable track record as manager. Um, I mean, he's, certainly, if we are in the championship, then then he's obviously the right man because he's he's took us out of us before. But I think I could just I don't know I had a, I had a sneaky feeling that, that something like that would happen. I hoped that Stendhal would stay on um, because I like him. I like his kind of philosophy and and some of the games that we watched. Like, didn't get me wrong, some were absolutely dire, but but you could see progress in there. And I think if he if he was given time to build his own team. Um, I certainly think we, we, we would have had some, some success under him. Um, I mean, Nielsen's a safe pair of hands. Um, like I say, he knows the club. But I think, yeah, I'm, I wasn't too surprised it was done. I was probably more surprised at how quickly it was done and how efficiently it was done. Because in the fact the Stendhal appointment took seven weeks and this one took seven minutes. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, like fair, fair play and Budge for just going out and getting it done. But... I'm a, I'm a bit concerned about the you know the, the whole. She said that she wanted to appoint a sporting director before a manager, and I think you know I, I know she addressed it in her statement yesterday, but I, I still think that, and I hope that she's already spoken to the, the people she's got in, in in mind for the sporting director and said, listen, I want to appoint Robbie Nielsen. What do you think? And they're on board because I would hate for her to go and appoint a sporting director or director of football, whatever she wants to call it, and with them coming in and going well you know I probably would have appointed someone else yeah. and already you're you know you're, you're off to a bad start so I'd, I'd, I'd like to give her the benefit of the doubt and and think that she's already pre-discussed it um, with her candidates and, and they're all on board you know I think it's probably I think if he was going to come back it's probably the probably the right time for him um, but we'll see we'll see how it go, uh, how it gets on Surely, though, if you appoint a sporting director alongside a manager, it's not as big a deal for the sporting director to appoint the manager. I mean, other clubs like Hibs, Aberdeen, you know, they they work with the two alongside each other. Surely, it's not. He's not. She's not going to give as much power as she did to our last director of football, David. Yeah, well, you can say that again. I think uh, everyone's kind of um, when Nielsen got announced, everyone was kind of worried that uh, the whole kind of debacle uh, with the sporting director was going to happen again but I don't think that will happen because we've not got uh, a puppeteer in charge uh, pulling the strings from the top down um, yeah I mean look I think I think uh, even Gordon saying that um, 
he had his crystal ball out and he knew it was happening. I don't think, it, apart from him, most. No, I, I, I never said I knew it was happening. I said I could <laughs> something like that happened. Put <laughs> words in my mouth, Stephen. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll retract the statement then. Uh, I think 99.9% of Hearts fans were on Twitter on Sunday night, uh, refreshed the page, seen, a, seen an article about how Nielsen was coming back, or, or there was talks, and I think everyone went, oh, all right, aye, very good. And then two hours later, Hearts put out a tweet saying that it was official. So it was a pretty wild Sunday night uh, from a Hearts point of view. You'll never get a dull moment as a Hearts fan uh, with stuff like that. But uh, listen, uh, at the end of the day, compared to the last three uh, fucking disasters with managers we've had. I think we know what we're getting with Nielsen, so I think we'll be quite happy if maybe the football is turgid as it could, as it was at times under Nielsen, especially near the end of his tenure. Uh, I think if uh, if he gets results, I don't think people will care too much. Yeah, well, he's a man. He's a man that gets results, isn't he? I mean, yeah, and, and to, to to be honest with you, I think the difference with, with this time him coming in there, he has a bigger budget for a start. He's already got a pretty decent team there. I know that. I know. I know it sounds crazy when you say that right? because technically, you know, they were bottom of the league. But he, you know, he does have a decent makings of a team there. He's got good attackers. I think you know you've got players kind of coming back who we, we were missing last season. He's mm. on the cusp of signing a, 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 a very good goalkeeper, despite him being in his age. And I've been critical of of, uh, of trying to get Craig Gordon in the past. But you know, if we're going to be in the championship or but even for short term, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I, I think if you can if you can build on that team, regardless of what league you're in, because most of them are on long term contracts anyway. It's not you're going into a new division where you're going to be losing them and you're having to start from square one again. Most of these guys will still be here. If you can get a few of the bad eggs out, and he can he can bring in some players because you've got to remember as well there is younger players coming through, and you can add to that team with the experience they've got. And with the sort of football that Nielsen will play, yeah, it's not the easiest in the eye, but it gets results, and it'll probably suit those players that we have currently. 62 wins as Hearts manager last time out. Since he left, we've only had 54 wins in four years. Shocking, eh? Ridiculous. That's some stat. You can understand why he's been appointed, Spencer. Can, yeah, he was probably one of the most successful Hearts managers of uh, certainly my lifetime following the club. Um, his, his win ratio, as he said, speaks for itself. Uh, problem was, Nielsen's Achilles heel was, of course, the uh, the derby matches and indeed his cup record. And you can say what you'll want about Craig Levine, but you know, his second spell was a disaster. But he brought those two things back. Levine got us to two semi finals and a final, and he brought he turned the tide against Hibs. So, can Robbie Nielsen? pick up where he left off in terms of getting us wins against uh, you know the, the sort of lower league sides you know one of the, my favourite games was that 6-0 game against Motherwell but if you get routine 3 o'clock wins on a Saturday and if he can build on his uh, well there's nothing to really build on he had a disastrous cup spell and derby record but that's what he needs to improve on and if he does that then he'll be a, a success at Tynecastle there's no doubt about that Was he underappreciated at heart? By the no, fans? I, 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 I don't think so, personally. I think um, I think it was the right time to go at the time. I have to say, I thought I thought that that that, that season was sort of uh, we had, we had two good final wins. But if you remember before the Rangers and Motherwell game that he ended on, we were sort of struggling a little bit. We we drew three three with uh, with Inverness and uh, and Hamilton, and we lost to Kilmarnock. We were sort of 
plodding along a little bit. So I felt it was time for a change. It's been a disaster since then. There can be no doubt about that. <laughs> Cathro was a disaster, and, and uh, Levine was. Well, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah. And you know, Stendhal will talk about him later on, but he wasn't amazing, to be honest. So uh, I think going back to square one is probably the right decision at this point, and we'll see if we can get back back on track with Robbie Nielsen. The, see, 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 for me though, the, the problem with Robbie Nielsen is, and, and you're right in what you're saying, his cup record, even at Dundee United, was still poor. Um, I think that's definitely something he absolutely has to improve on. And I, I don't know what it, what it is and, and why it's like that. I don't know if it's a case of if it's his style of management and he maybe just, you know, they don't have that. He doesn't install that kind of, you know, fight to the death sort of um, kind of cup feel. You know, sort of the, the kind of the, the performances you need to win cup games. I, I don't know. But, I mean, although we were technically, we're, we were actually unlucky and a lot of the draws that we had under him, you know, because yeah. I, I think the first season was Celtic in both cup competitions. Yeah, it was. The following season was uh, well, St. Johnston, I'm right in saying. We, we didn't, yeah. Oh, sorry, it was Hits. And then it was by, yeah. for the League Cup as well, we went out. Johnston um, in the League Cup. Yeah, right? but we did Johnston knock out Aberdeen yeah. to play Hibs, didn't we? Yeah. Well, we, well, we did. We, we beat yeah. Aberdeen and then and obviously we went on and, and lost to Hibs. But I think, um, but even... You know the the European game as well, where, where he lost he lost there. I just think, you know, I think the fans were in a bad mood at the time because they knew that the team should have been doing better. They were frustrated. They sensed a, a real opportunity to kick on. I still maintain that team that, that finished third should have finished second, and they should have mm. went on and won the cup. That's what annoyed the Hearts fans more than it, and the fact that Hibs went on and won it. Um, so listen, but the, the thing is, football can change very quickly. You could come in, you could. Simply, take, you know, this this team that's probably as low, probably lower than it was when he took over uh, the, the first time, um, and and if we can sort of, you know, bring this team back up to a competitive level, get them firing again, get the best of the players he has, add um, key areas to it, um, then he's got half a chance. But ultimately, he's got to come in, and and there's a lot of work to do. There's probably more work to do, I think, this time round. Um, because there is such a, an expectation on Hearts, where you know we just came to the admin. I think the fans were quite, you know, they, they, they were even if Hearts and they got promoted that season, I still think he would have been in charge and yeah. he still would have had the backing of the, the the fans. But I think the fact that that we probably got back up to the level quicker than what we thought we would, mm-hmm. and you know, the, it annoyed the fans a little bit. But I think I think the fans will have a wee bit more patience when coming in here. Now, because of the the mess he is having to clean up, but um, ultimately, when he, he does get Hearts back up to the level he should be at, he's got to do better in the cup competitions and the derbies. Yeah. I think he said as well when uh, that when it is uh, the transition between his first and his second season in, in the Premiership. You're right that we should have finished second, and then after that, you, you're trying to build on a good transfer window. But the signings that whole window yeah. were the most uninspiring players. And I think everyone knew that this team just wasn't as good as it was made out to be. You're relying on Connor Salmon and Tony Watt, who's going to combine a total of four goals up front to, to get us in, into uh, second spot again. I mean, that, when, when Nielsen left, when we were in second, that was a really false position for us, I think. We were nowhere near good enough to be second. And yeah. I think two weeks later, it was a draw and a defeat, and we were down to fourth or fifth or something. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, 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 listen, I totally agree with you there, David. I think the, the, the problem is that team... The, the signings were in the, in, the, in the summer that they made. I mean, they made they, they signed too many duds. Mm-hmm. I mean, they signed three strikers. One of yeah. them was Tony Watt, the other was Connor Salmon, and the other was Bourne Johnson. 
Warren Johnson on paper, I think, and what he's kind of went on to now, I think he probably would have done very well if Nielsen had stayed. Yeah. Um, because he was struggling for fitness and he was only starting to kind of get up to a, a decent level. Because, I mean, uh, and he, uh, he, in fact, he brought in as well um, the boy who scored, who, who scored against Rangers. As, uh, Muirhead. Muirhead, yeah. So oh, he brought in him Muirhead, as well. So that, that's four strikers they brought in that summer. Um, and n- none of them were good enough. None of them were good enough. But where you, you, know, remember, you know, he's got Smith, he's got Boyce. Yeah. It's got Washington. I, I mean, I, I just don't know if Washington will, I'll, I'll stay in. It'll depend on what league we'll be in. But, um, and it, you know, he's talking about maybe getting Nisbet in and, and his goal record is good. But you could also argue it's a Gavin Riley over again. Mm. So, you know, the, the, the thing is, if you get, you know, if he if gets the striking department, it's him scoring goals and firing all cylinders, then, you know, that that's a start because he'll know himself that defensively we're nowhere near good enough. Um and, and he'll address that. The goalkeeping situation he's already starting to address. Hearts himself, I think, are addressing that. And then, of course, you, you, you look at the midfield and, you know, you've got Haring to come back and you've got Ollie Lee who will come in there. Cochrane and McDonald, these sort of guys. Uh, Irvin will kick on again. Midfield-wise, you know, if you get the right midfield in there, and I'm not talking about Ollie Bosanich and uh, Lloyd Demur, I'm talking about guys who's going to, you know, fight for you and create things for you. Um, and if he can if he can see that early and he can get the right players in there, then we should do pretty well quite quickly. Well, maybe without that, uh, our old director of football, maybe his transfer windows won't be as uh, disastrous. Well, th- th- this is the thing. He can prove himself now that it was yeah. more Levine than him. Uh-huh. Um, because, I mean, I'm not being funny, but some of his, his signings at Dundee United have been questionable. But at mm. the same time, you've got a certain budget you have to work with. Exactly. So I understand that. But I think... Um, he, you know, hopefully, if they get the right sporting director in, um, then you know they'll, they'll they'll be looking at a better standard of player, and they'll have more money, and they're not. And hopefully, he's learned from his first spell to stop pushing money against the wall and bringing in duds. Yeah. Where I think it's the right team on the park, like he did. I thought they. I mean, it wasn't. I know we're saying that they should have done better, but in that summer, they finished third, and you thought, right, okay, let's kick on here. I probably only maybe need two or three top signings to add to this team and kind of take on to the next level, i.e. a centre-half and a goal scorer and, you know, maybe an arm midfielder or something. But instead, they sign like eight players. They, you know, yeah. they, they, they need to get to a level where they've got a, a strong side and they're not having to add eight, nine players every transfer window like Levine was doing. Um, he, he only needs to add two and three. And I think if they can, if they can get that sorted and get that, that sort of base to build from, I think Nielsen is probably the, the right man to stabilise the club and get them fighting at the top end of the table. And I hope, from his experience, he can he can finally take the club that step forward. Um, but we'll see. But surely he, he did take us a step forward, but because of the terrible appointments afterwards, you know, we went all the way back to where we started. You know, you've got to argue that, you know, a lot of people maybe didn't want Nielsen, but sometimes you're better with the devil you know, surely. And, and listen, that's understandable, and, and it's it's fine. Hindsight's a funny thing, and it's all right saying that now, but I think at the time, I think... And, and probably Nielsen himself, that's probably why he left. Um, he probably knew that the fans were kind of fed up a little bit, and, you know, he, yeah. he, he probably had a massive January on his hands. And he maybe just thought to... You know, maybe the hunger wasn't there, or maybe he's had a wee bit of confidence, and it's kind of, you know... Just, there, there was a lot of things around the club. Yeah. The club were in a really bad mood. Fans were in a bad mood. 
it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty crap time for, for, for the supporters. And, you know, and he, MK Dons came in for him and he thought to himself, ah, do you know what, I'll jump ship yeah. down and see what happens. And um, I, I was listening to Craig Levine on, on Sports Sound on Monday and he said that uh, Nielsen thought that he had this kind of mentality where he would go into another club because he's done so well at Hearts. Ultimately, him going to any other club in England and he, he, he'll, he'll just do well because he had that type of feeling. Um and, and Levine basically says that he'll have learned from that now. And, and I, I do agree with that to an extent, but I just think everyone at the time thought it was the right decision for Nielsen to go. And we all hoped that Cathro would come in and he would be the kind of the young, energetic mind. You know, everybody was looking at the guy who was the Hoffenheim manager because he was a young manager and he had them battling at the top of the Bundesliga. Everybody thought that Cathro would do the same. Uh, sadly, it wasn't to be. And then obviously the Levine, the, the Levine appointment was just a complete yeah. shambles. But as I said, hindsight's a funny thing. And I mean, Hearts have just got their appointments wrong. Budge has went back to basics. She's went back to a manager she knows. And she's thought, well, do you know what? Levine's away now. Uh, I've worked with Robbie before. He's done a pretty good job. We'll get him in and see how it goes. So understandable for her point of view, because if you, if you think about it, this will probably be her last appointment. Um, and, and I hope that's because... He's a success and he does really well. So, Ron the manager, um, now we need to find a sporting director, the thing that we were meant to find at the start of all this. There's been talk of Davy Weir coming in. Currently loans manager at um, Brighton, former player, knows the club, knows Scottish football. Would Might be a good fit. Uh, possibly, but you could argue he might be an Earl Levine. Maybe not as eccentric as Levine, but I mean, same sort of stamp. I was quite disappointed that they never kicked on with Takas Fisas. I heard he was in the mix. Um, I think he would have been a top appointment because he's a guy who has experience with the Greek FA. Um, he's well, he'll worked all over Europe. He'll know that the European market. He'll know what kind of clubs sort of need. Because realistically, right, and, and, and Budge wants it, the fans want it, it's where we should be. Hearts should be a Europa League club. Simple as that. They've, they've got the potential to do it. And we said for ages, they need somebody to kick on. I thought Stendhal coming in, could I think if circumstances had just worked out better, I think he definitely could have been the man that, that, that would have, because his style of football, we've seen it. We've seen it against Rangers and, mm-hmm. and, and Hibs when Hearts were good, they were, they were brilliant. But when they were shite, they were shite. And I think if he if he had given the opportunity to build his own team, I think he could have took Hearts to that level required. But surely, so, a, what, surely a sporting director needs to be in the background, not a big name, Spencer. Yeah, you'd think so. I would disagree with Gordon that Davy Weir would be another Levine. I think that's very unfair to to Mr. Weir. He is a he's a good, well, he had a great career. Obviously, played in the, the Premier League in England. He, he knows Hearts very well. Um, he was a big part of Mark Warburton's. Uh, he was assistant manager at Rangers. Apparently, he took most of the training sessions. Warburton was more of a, a backstreet sort of guy, and he had a big say in signings and things like that. So I don't know if Davy Weir would be such a, a bad appointment. Um, yeah, but the thing is about that Rangers team, though. I mean, is is that such a good thing? Because if you recall, that was a Rangers team that you know limped towards promotion, and then lost a cup final against Hibs, had a, a terrible derby record, and ended up um, finishing third. Actually, yeah, I would argue um, that they had the, they had the title wrapped up relatively early, and they yeah. had a magical performance against Celtic in that semi final. So um, it was a bang average Celtic team as well. Let's not forget that it was a Ronnie Dyla Celtic team. But, but, Let's not get too carried away with Davy Weir. But, but, I think he, 
you know, I, I'm not saying I, I never said he would be another Craig Levine. I said there was a potential to be another Craig Levine. It's the Craig Levine type. Well, I, I, I think that's very unfair to Mr. Weir. But does there need to be? Does there need to be a big name as sporting director? There's a lot of talk about the sporting director. Surely you just bring right someone name. in that's able to do the job, similar to Hibbs, similar to Aberdeen. It's to be the right name, Ross. I don't think. Um, the thing is, you're saying, you know, why should it be a, a big name? But why should it be a big name? A bigger name than Takas Visas, you could argue, in Scottish no, football. My point, my, that's my point. Um, does it need to be a big name? We've got this obsession at Hearts with it being, you know, a Davy <laughs> Weir or a, a guy that's that's worked at the FA. You know, or Takas Fisas. Surely it just has to be a guy that can sign players, do the job, and do the job well, and be able to work with Robbie Nielsen. Well, that's why I think well, Takas Fisas uh, ticks those boxes, though. He's, he's, he's played with Robbie Nielsen before. He knows him very well. He's worked uh, a big part of the Greek FA. I'm sure he had something to do with Panathinaikos as well. And, you know, he'll, he will know European football and continental football better than Davy Weir will, respectively. Davy Weir, yeah, might know the Scottish market, he might know the British market very well, that's great. But I think if where Hearts want to be, as a, you know, a kind of a team who's firing in, you know, in, in the Europa League, a European side, then I think hiring someone like Fisas makes more sense than Weir. But then surely, if we're going to be in the Championship, um, there needs to be someone that knows the Scottish market. Well, I think Robbie Nielsen knows the Scottish market um, well enough. And like I say, I don't think you need to do too much to the Hearts team. I think they've got a fair amount of youngsters coming through. I think they've got the, the, the kind of foundations a good enough team to take them out of the championship. I expect Hearts to bounce back very, very quickly. And I think you have got a forward plan. It's okay in, in sitting talking about the here and now, but I think Hearts have got to get in the ball quickly and say, well, listen, I think we'll be back. And I, 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 listen, I, I will t- we'll get to the court case soon enough, but I, I, I still have a feeling Hearts will be a Premier League club next year. And I think they've they've got a they've got a plan for that whether they're in the championships or not because if they do go to the championship they'll they'll have money to spend due to the damages and things like that you can't treat it like it's a normal relegation because it's not a normal relegation it's we're being placed in, in our league it's not the case where you know you're having to make cuts and all these sort of things um, so if they are in the championship fine they can bounce back very quickly and then when they are in the Premier League again you think to yourself right here we go we're not just battling to stay up or we're no mid table finish. I want us battling right back up to the top again. And that's the mentality you've got to have, I think. Because <clears throat> the, fan, the fans won't put up with an mid-table finish or yeah. squeezing into the bottom, the top six or any pitch like this. Fans are sick of it. They, they, they've had five, four or five really shite years now. And, um, you know, we, we want to be competing and playing for things and getting into Europe and actually competing in Europe. And that, that's, that's the biggest frustration. They've pumped millions into the football yeah. club. And it's nothing for the return. It is a disgrace. And you'll notice that every year, as the in the league position got worse, the price of season tickets, funnily enough, went up every year as well. The fans were getting sick of that nonsense as well. Well, we, since, since Nielsen left in 2016, we've won 35% of our games. Yeah, it's embarrassing, eh? That is, went, that's four <laughs> seasons, we've only won 35% of our games. Ah, three managers. And, and we were made to believe that uh, when, when Levine came in this first season and we finished, what, top, uh, just scraping the top six, that that was a good season under all the circumstances and that next <coughs> will be completely different. And that, that whole different mentality lasted two months before we lost about 300 games in the, in the space of uh, fucking six months. It was an absolute disgrace. And yeah, the fans, the, Levine's first season, the fans gave him the kind of benefit of the doubt because yeah. well, it was almost a transition period for yeah. him. But... 
And he beat you Celtic. Know, the, let's not. The, let's the following season, he should have been sacked for that. It, you know, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I mean, the collapse in the cup final was was ridiculous. That should have been it. That should have been his time up after getting embarrassed five 0 at the Tony Macaroni, and he got another ten months on top of that. Well, I think he should have, should have been gone then, and then he should have just left after the cup final because we should have won that cup. Really, yeah, Celtic were for the taking. Any sense? The, the man was sucked in by his own uh, mentality that he could turn around whatever shambles that was going on in front of him. I think it got to the point where he belie- believed his own hype. I did he? And what hype? <laughs> I don't know where he even found that bloody hype. <laughs> what about nine games? I think you're being very unfair on Mr. Levine. Oh, shut up. Go on then, how come? How, how come, Spencer? You're allowed your opinion. Well, I, I thought Craig Levine had a, had a good first season. That, 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 that sixth place season, uh, you know, we were unbeaten at home that year. Well, sorry, only one defeat at Tynecastle. That was to Celtic in the split. It was a good transition season. We, we ended the Derby streak. Hibs were on a long unbeaten run against us. We, we ended that. And uh, he managed to get us you know, far in the... In the cup competition, so I thought it was a good building season. The next year, we were flying high at the top of the league, and then injuries. That's the big word here, injuries. Uh, ever since then, we started to go downhill. He was rather unfortunate. He should have left in the summer. His head held high. He didn't, but he felt he could have turned it around. And I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's fair enough from his point of view. Maybe he thought he could get us firing back on all cylinders, so, um, but it wasn't to be. Well, it clearly wasn't. What? Honestly, I mean, listen to this guy. I mean, <laughs> like, what are you actually talking about? Were you even watching any of these games? To talk, to call that first season, right, a good transitional uh, season. 4-0 against Tips. I mean, 4-0 against Celtic, and we won the derby matches. But what? But we've never done anything. Time. It, 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 Tim Castle was a fortress. It was no, a way no, record, it was a problem. Listen. No, no, no. Listen, and the thing is as well, to say that, no, 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 let me finish, let me finish, to say that, that, that uh, there's such a thing as a good transitional season, Hart still spent a fair amount of money bringing in players, you've got to remember they brought in Christoph Berra and Kyle Lafferty, and, and they, they spent a fair bit of money getting players in, they should have done a lot better than finishing sixth with that squad, and let me tell you something, they should have enough to get past Motherwell as well, uh, yeah, in, they in that quarter final. His tactics as well were, were a lot down to why we didn't go further than we should have done. And this all feels sorry for ourselves because he had to come in and, and pick up Cathro's mess. It's complete and utter nonsense. Um, the fact is, Cathro was sacked before a ball was even kicked in the Premier League. And uh, not only that, he should have been um, he should have been replaced. If he was going to be the man to, to come in... And I'm not, I'm not buying this crap where she wasn't happy with the interviews... And so that's why she decided that Levine was to be yeah. uh, to, to come in right uh, to, to come in right at the last minute and save the day. Yeah. Sorry, she'd have been in uh, months ago. You know, they had an entire month of the transfer window to go. He came in last minute and signed Ross Callahan to save his own skin, but uh, because, to, to give him because he's a safe manager. That's all he wanted was so he had, so the pressure wouldn't be right on him right away because he was coming down from director of football. Yeah. Sorry, but he should have been a long time ago and he would have had plenty of chances to bring in players and they could have went on and finished third that season. Instead, they said, oh, it's a transitional season. But it wasn't, it was complete nonsense. That goes I mean, down as a failure, yeah, yeah. as does last season. How, how, you know, uh, give Mr Levine credit for uh, turning the tide against Hibs. Hibs. Hibs turned their own tide because Hibs just do that naturally as well. I, I'd argue that we wouldn't have won any of the derbies if Robbie Nielsen was our manager. But we wouldn't have got relegated if Robbie Nielsen was our manager. 
We only got relegated because of the, the team that Levine made. There's yeah. no two ways about it. We got relegated because Craig Levine's Craig, Craig Levine brought in players that weren't doing it for the club. It doesn't matter if they were a good player That's or not. not. Craig Levine signed over 100 players at Hearts. Yep. Uh, the six years that he was between director of football and his last game in charge. Yep. 100, 100 players turning yep. over is absolutely embarrassing. Yep. For and, it was, and it was a failure. An absolute failure. And we failure. found ourselves back where we started. So we'll move on from uh, Craig Levine, Robbie Nielsen and every other manager that's been a failure. Um, are we going to be a championship club next season? Hard to say, but uh, I, I'm, I'm a, uh, inclined to agree with Gordon that I don't think we will be. You don't think we will uh, be? I've got no legal basis to put this opinion on, but I just have a feeling. Obviously, we can't talk about the legalities because it is a, in, in a court case. court case, um, yes. But we, both, we all think we're going to be a premiership club. You know, I, I just think, I, I think the money that's, that the Hearts are claiming in terms of damages, I just think if the SPFL got a, a sniff that this could potentially go through, they will be right back on the on, on the drawing board saying, right, league reconstruction, right. we need to put it through. And I, and I think that will happen. And I think within the next week, do not be surprised if they turn around and say, right, okay, we need to push this through. They have a revolt, and then we're a premiership club again. I just, I can just see it happening. You know, they'll total backtrack and change it round. I think there's only so long that they can they can go down this route for, and I don't think they ever expected Hearts to turn around and take it to court. I don't know why they would, but they but they expected you know mm-hmm. Hearts to just take our medicine and just get on with it. Yeah. The whole thing's a disgrace, you know. We, we we should never, you know, if you're going to end the, the league season, fine, but you shouldn't be relegating teams. And uh, for every other club to sit there on their high horse and suddenly try and start criticising Hearts for going to court over it, saying, oh, you know, you could potentially ruin Scottish football. Well, Scottish football could potentially have ruined Hearts. So, uh, I'm sorry, it's about time that, that we started standing up. Fair play, Mrs Budge. A lot of people have criticised her. I've criticised her plenty on this show. But I think she, she's actually done pretty well for Scottish football. She's went down every avenue, tried to, to push through uh, a, a plan which would work out for all teams, uh, including Hearts, obviously. But uh, I think that's what what people are so narrow-minded in in this country that they couldn't see past that. Oh, she's a Hearts chairman, and she's only doing what's right for Hearts. She wouldn't be bored if any other team. And I think that's nonsense, to be honest with you. She's came up with a good plan. Rangers came up with just as good a plan. And and they were totally backtracked because it's Hearts and Rangers. And there's a hatred towards us in particular – now we're the most hated football club in Scotland, apparently, because we didn't take our medicine and just lie down. I think to any other club in this position would be doing the exact same. Yeah. Granted, they might not have the resources or, or the balls to take on the SPFL, but hearts are, and I think you should be commended for it and not criticised for it. There is, well, there is a sort I, of... I, th- I think... There is, a, there is a determination from the, the, the papers, certain parts of the media and certain clubs to, to sort of... You know, throw the book at Hearts here. I mean, there was there was talk of um, you know, clubs wanting to expel Hearts and Partick Thistle. I mean, I don't even think they can do that. But, but you know what? I, I hate this whole um, Hearts should be ashamed of the old self-interest and all that nonsense. You know, they're going to ruin clubs. Well, do you know what? This could be avoided if they just voted through reconstruction. No one would have been, uh, no one would have any unjust circumstances put onto them. And I know reconstruction isn't everyone's cup of tea. But at the end of the day, you. Uh, the SPFL are now going to get, like like Gordon said, uh, most likely 
could be getting rinsed in court and then it's reconstructed back at the table and everyone's going to be crying their eyes out. So the 26 clubs who didn't vote reconstruction do, at the end of the day, have brought this onto themselves. The, the thing is, the, the, eight, the thing is, what, what would you rather? Would you rather... Because we're not going to be in pre-season, right? We're not in pre-season just now. Other clubs have decided, have started coming back from pre-season, right? Say that the, the court case happens, goes through, and say end of July, they say, yeah, you're in the league. Do we do we then get basis to say, well, the league has to start in September, for example, so we can get a pre-season? Or I think we just start happen, in August? I think it would happen before then. I, th- I think it would happen well before then. I think this will get pushed through as a priority. Um, and I think, you know, it, it'll be done before then. I think, personally, the, the FPFL came before that anyway. I think they'll know themselves that... Um, they'll be liable for, for damages if that was to happen as well, and they would have to push back their schedule. Um, so I, I, I don't I don't see that being the case, but I think um, you know I, I'd like to think it'll get resolved very quickly. The, the issue is here it highlights the and this going to court in particular will just highlight how badly run the EFL is. You know, at the end of the day, it shouldn't have been uh, Ann Budge coming up with these these reconstruction plans. Spencer, what, what do you I, think? I have a feeling. I have a feeling that we're going to be playing championship football next season. I don't agree with it, but I just have a feeling that's how it's going to go. The SPFL are going to be, you know, full steam ahead to the first of August. That, that, that's when the season starts, isn't it? Well, yep. meant to start the Premiership season anyway. I think they're going to try. I think they'll be releasing the fixtures some point this week, maybe next week. I, I really do. I think they're just going to pretend that this isn't happening, and they're just going to try and force it. You know, sort of force it through. Um, I don't know what's going to come of the court case. Um, it, it's difficult to say. They, they've, I think we've got a great case. I do, but also they, they've got a strong one as well. Yeah, you have to accept that. You know, the, the fact that the clubs, it's a members' vote. They, that, that's going to be their argument. Um, it, it just depends on which way. Scrutinise that though. That that can be scrutinised. If that's your argument, I'm sorry, it's a weak argument because. You just go way back to the whole Dundee reconstruction vote. And that, that, that for me, has got to be investigated. The, the fact is they voted no, and it was in. They released the, 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 um, the, the results of the vote before every single vote was counted. Well, the, the releasing of the results is really kind of uh, influencing the last vote. And that, that's not allowed at all. I, I, I had to laugh at that. It was like it was like the Univision song contest when like all the all the votes that they've had and and well, yay and you know nay. It was a it was a bit like ridiculous, Univ- wasn't it? It's like the Univision in there. It's just on fucking tactical voting. Or they they're going down. I we hate them. I we vote yes. Whatever. You know the thing. I can't understand why the lower league clubs didn't vote for reconstruction because I mean re, you know if you're being honest with you, I, I know it's alright talking about. Oh, a few of them will get relegated and things like that in a couple of years' time. But if they just kept the same structures, you know, <laughs> one one down in the playoffs, I don't I don't see yeah. how that changes. I think, I think and, the, the problem. Greedy I've... clubs at the top flight who were were kicking uh, reconstruction out because they didn't have an extra game against the old firms. Yeah. I disagree. I think I think the problem with some of the League One clubs certainly is the fact that they won't get you know Falkirk and Partick Thistle coming. They'll just have other smaller teams. That that was their argument, I think, for not voting it through. You know, yeah, but but those clubs should never be in that league anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah, with you. They're yeah, not I going know. to be there for very long either. I'm so I, don't, of, I don't know what the issue is. You could probably argue a lot of the championship clubs' motive was to have hearts in the league because hearts mm-hmm. do bring a crowd, do bring money, do bring that extra income that they've been missing for the last few seasons because you've not had, you know, a Hibs, a Hearts, or a Rangers, which you did have the seasons before. Um, 
but say if we vote doesn't go through and say Spencer, you know, is is correct and they will just go ahead with the league, we're potentially starting in October. Surely then there's got to be questions about season tickets, um, and you know the amount you pay for them because you're not actually getting as many games. You're only going to get twenty seven well, games. Well, it's not just that, but they're still planning to play a Scottish Cup semi final at some point. And, and another, and the three other teams will have a chance to have a pre-season and get games under the belt. We'll be just expected to turn up and hope for the best. And, and I, I really can't understand the obsession with getting the the Scottish Cup semi and final being played, but to finish the league as quickly as they could, think, uh, like it, it was it was ridiculous. I think I, the problem. I, the I think the problem with the Scottish Cup, similar to the the problem that came with the league, um, was the the money they would have to spend to to stop the cup, for example. I think the legal BT Sport three million pound because they stopped the league. They would owe Premier Sports and the BBC money to stop the Scottish Cup because that is a big viewer viewer, you know, base for these companies, and well, it's again, sold on the, the basis that gets paid. Played. That's their own fault though, because uh, uh, Nicola Sturgeon announced when Phase Two was uh, uh, implemented that professional football, professional sports, could be played behind closed doors. And that could have happened within the next week, and these games could have been played. Yeah. So their obsession to get the league finished has really bit them uh, right where it hurts. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more, David. And I think um, that's the issue, and it just, you know, that only boosts Hearts' case mm-hmm. because they would they would need to start in October, and because they, they did finish the leagues and other leagues have been played. All this just boosts Hearts' case. So we've we've read the riot act on the SPFL. Um, <laughs> We've got a goalie coming, um, potentially Craig Gordon signing. How? What? What is the thought behind that? Like, why are we are we happy with that happening? I mean, it'd be, it'd be a decent signing, no? It depends what wages they're paying them. Depends what wages are paying them. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I I just don't want another Neil Alexander situation all over again. Uh, the, the issues that you have with Craig Gordon is his age. Um, his fitness can be a problem as well. He is injury prone. Um, but. You know, aside from that, he's a good goalkeeper. Well, he's a brilliant goalkeeper, um, and he'll definitely do a job whatever league he plays in. You know, he knows the club. He's a he's a harsh man, um, and but like I say, it's got to make sense on what kind of wages they're paying him. Um, I just hope he comes in and he's able to do a job. The good thing is for goalkeepers, they can play till you know they're, they're in their late thirties. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them playing to their forties. So um, yeah, I think it's it's probably a, a good kind of stable short term. Uh, solution, and I hope that they'll get to the stage where they'll start pushing through Harry Stone a little bit more, because um, we spoke about him on this show quite a yeah. lot. I think he's the future goalkeeper. So I guess working with someone like Craig Gordon, I'll, I'll, I'll be a very good kind of step for him. Hopefully, he can start playing in some cup games and start getting a wee bit of experience. Um, kind of like they did when McDonald was coming through. Maybe even get a loan a loan spell out from. I think they need to get Bobby's Lamal shot and, and sent right back to uh, to uh, the Czech Republic. I think, uh, and I don't mean physically shoot him. I just mean like <laughs> sent him back um, because he's just, he's nowhere near good enough. I think uh, Colin Doyle. I think I'm right in saying his contract's up at the end of the season, so he'll be gone. So you get rid of Doyle and Lamal. You've got Stone and Gordon there, two yeah. decent goalkeepers. Um, I think that's probably all they would need in in that department. Of course, um, course Jamie McDonald is, is available. You know, you did mention him there. Would he not be a better option? He's a wee bit younger than Craig Gordon. No, I don't you know, think so. I think f- um, I like McDonald, and I think he's a, a really good goalkeeper. But I just think um, 
you know, he's he's probably had his, his best days. I think he was, you know, he, he couldn't get himself in the Kilmarnock team. He was on loan to, to Alloa. Um, I think he let in a few suspect goals and uh, while he's playing for them, I believe. So I think he's maybe, you know, seen his best days. But do you know what? I mean, if they could get him on, I mean, even if it's like a, a second or third choice keeper as well, yeah. maybe something you could look at potentially. Because, I mean, I suppose you, you do need three goalkeepers. Yeah, so get rid of Lamar, because uh, he'll be on a good wage. And Doyle, yeah. get rid of both of them. And then maybe look at getting McDonald in as maybe just a backup to Gordon and maybe send Stone out on loan and get him some game time. Yeah. Um, it's something they might look at, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I would say, I'd say getting Gordon in is a decent enough kind of move. And, um, well, Celtic were, were supposedly have just offered him £4,000 a week. Do you reckon we'll pay less for him so he gets game time? Or do you reckon he might accept that offer after all the chat? I think £4,000 a week at Hearts is, is reasonable. Um, but he, but Hearts will probably be giving him the, the opportunity, you know, to kind of go into coaching and things like that. Um, I think, you know, that's that's kind of the incentive. And because it's Hearts as well, you know. I mean, it, it, I think his mentality is if I'm going to have to sit on the bench for the next, you know, well, till the end of my career. Yeah, he's wanting to get paid ten grand a week I to want, do that. <laughs> yeah, I want a really good wage. Yeah. Um, if not, I'm happy to keep playing. I'll go back to my boyhood heroes. I'll play for them for the same amount of money. But there's no danger I'm going to stay at this, this football club and uh, earn a fraction of what I am just for sitting on the bench. No chance. Mm-hmm. And he's won all he can win at Celtic anyway, so it's not as if there's any incentive for him to actually stay there um, no. you know, to get any more medals. He's won a lot there now. So, um, you know, he's played in the Champions League with them. He's, he's won countless trophies. He's done very well at Celtic. So I think now he'll, he'll see himself coming back through Edinburgh and, and playing for a club he loves. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, let's be honest, Craig Gordon, uh, in his spell at Celtic, he's probably made some of the best shot stopping saves that we've probably seen for quite a few years. I mean, I remember one uh, when we played Celtic in December. I think the ball was just on the line and he was about two, two yards in front of him, but he still managed to claw it out. He's made some unbelievable saves. Um, what worries me was that in his latter stages of being the first choice Celtic goalkeeper, especially with his feet, made quite a few mistakes and actually done so against us in the 4-0 game. We just passed it straight out of play and we took the ball and scored. So that's maybe an issue, but then you could put that down to confidence. Um, so, yeah, you don't know. I, if you can get that out of his game, I know he's old. He's, what, 35, 36 now, is he? Uh, 37. So yeah, if if he can just you know get back to the basics and what he knows he can do best as being an unbelievable shot stopper, then you know we've got a good goalkeeper on our hands, which which makes a change from the past uh, eighteen months of what we've had to deal with in, in front of goal. And you know what? Maybe that might help our back four, knowing that even if they do make a mistake, they've got a safe pair of hands behind them. Yeah. Considering that they've had to rely on if the if the ball goes in behind, we're one nil down because we've got these jobbers in goal. Could could be pulled. Well, it'll certainly help our one percentage anyway. Let's hope. If he doesn't, then no, if he doesn't, then that's it. <laughs> well, that's the end of the show. Um, and I'd like to thank you all for joining us. It's the first time we've uh, had it with um, four people. Um, glad you've all joined us this week. Till next time. Goodbye. <laughs>